Good morning or good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you're listening from. This is Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge, where we will talk about the challenges and triumphs of living with NBLD. That is on verbal learning disability. And we will not only be talking about the challenges that I have personally, Jennifer Lim herself, but also the challenges that other NBLDers have in their life with having that learning challenge. And I also like to broaden out to other learning challenges like autism and dyslexia and ADHD and um, Asperger's to try to be more inclusive and to compare and contrast the challenges that we all experience as neurodivergence. And I also try to include neurotypicals in it as well as terms of saying that they might experience similar challenges, but to different degrees than neurodivergence do. And to try to say, hey, this is how we can help each other with these challenges. I also want to let you know that I started a Patreon account for this podcast to try to get some more revenue from it. That's not the reason why I started this podcast, but I'm trying to get some revenue from the podcast because it will help me keep it going. Um, So if you are willing to donate even a dollar or $2 or $5, whatever amount is comfortable for you to Patreon for living with an invisible learning challenge, that would be appreciated. You can also use Spotify to donate money and you can also use BetterHelp to donate money with clicking on the link and becoming a customer of BetterHelp. So those are three different ways you can support the podcast and I hope that you um, will choose which way works for you and um, that you will choose which level works for you as well. And I hope that you do it because the podcast helps you also and that you are willing to support me in continuing to produce it. Thank you. Happy Friday to everyone, or maybe it's Saturday if you're listening to this later. So today's episode will be about what the expression quit while you're ahead means to an MVLD year. Today, we're going to talk about one of the expressions that I feel is meaningless to me as a neurodivergent. That expression is quit while you're ahead. Have you ever heard this expression before and thought I'm not ahead, I'm behind or realized that you better quit before you get into trouble or in bad graces with the person you're conversing with because you would prefer to stay on their good side. To me, this expression is also similar to the one two steps forward and one step back. Neither of them really connote the feeling of quality of success. I think they connote the feeling of being somewhat successful, but not completely. I hope that makes sense to you. I'll try to provide some examples from my experiences for you. I've had many experiences with these expressions in my personal academic and professional life. In my personal life, when I started learning how to run long distances in high school, I was a lot 
slower compared to the other runners in the club because I was chubby and inexperienced. But that didn't stop me from trying to succeed and do my best. I remember throwing up after my first run with the club because of the heat and exhaustion from it. Yes, it did return after that experience and went on to run eight half marathons and one full. And I'm not bragging when I say that. I'm just saying that I overcame what um, the experience was for me with the first run. And um, I remember I got to a point where I was good enough for the coach of the club to consider me being on his team for the uh, track and field. And the only reason I couldn't be on his team was because I didn't live in the area that he coached him. I only worked in that area or, well, I didn't work that at that time, but I went to my parents' workplace in that area. And, um, that's why I couldn't be on the team. And, uh, I think also the fact that I was homeschooled probably played a part into it. So, um, but just the fact that he wanted me on this team made me feel good. Um, so in academic life, I rarely felt like I could succeed in any subject without some assistance. Little did I know that was due to NLD. I wasn't diagnosed with it until my second year in college. I also had challenges in college due to my chronic migraines, which I wasn't diagnosed until one year after graduation. And when I was in college, that need of assistance didn't uh, stop in high school. I also needed in college. I um, Before I was diagnosed with an LD, I was barely passing my classes in college and I was um, very much struggling to succeed. And I realized that I needed to take more advantage of the tutoring center. So I started doing that. And I asked my um, roommate at the time who was deaf and um, asked her where she got her accommodations from. And she told me about the disability department and I thought to myself, well, maybe I could get some accommodations from them just because of the fact of being homeschooled and not used to the academic regime of um, college and the time tests and um, taking it in a room with somebody else. Um, so initially what I got was extended time and taking the exam by myself. So I had let fewer distractions. And then once I got um, diagnosed with NLD, I had more accommodations. I could um, record the audio of my lectures and I could have my textbooks on um, audio files and um, along with the extended time for the exams. And if the exam was for a math class, I could have a little cheat sheet of the formulas that I thought I might need to use for the exam. Um, 
and I could use a calculator because I'm not very fast at doing mental math. So that would have slowed me down, not having a calculator. Um, and most of the time you need a calculator for the formulas. So, um, that helped me a lot. And, um, being able to have those accommodations, my grades went from barely passing to B's and A's the next couple of years. So that helped. And I also had my mom helping me with, um, proofing and writing my essays. She didn't write them for me, but she would help me look over them and make them, um, better by helping me know where, what to polish up and what to change, because often I didn't know what to do on my own without her help. So that's how I was able to graduate. Um, in my professional life, I experienced these expressions when I got feedback from my parents because of realizing I could have done better than I did. I appreciate the constructive feedback they give me most of the time, but sometimes I get frustrated, especially if it's not the first time I've received it in that area. And I think for me, I also get frustrated because sometimes I don't um, expect the constructive feedback, and I guess I should always expect it no matter what, um, and just try to learn from it. Um, I've been working full time for about, for over three years now for my mom and dad. And it's definitely been experience of making many mistakes, but trying to learn from them and trying to keep improving. And some of the mistakes I still sometimes make, but, um, I try not to make them as often as I used to in the beginning. Okay. Um, So let's go to some articles now from other neurodivergence on these topics. The first article I would like to quote from is titled, What Science Says About Quitting While You're Ahead from the Wharton Podcast. Quote, people who achieve a personal best tend to relax afterwards and not push themselves further. But is that a good thing to do? But it's a really tricky process to figure out what the right goal is to set for yourself. Girl, goals are this double-edged sword. The, they're double-edged in the sense that they can be motivating. If you're just short of a goal, you're going to put in some effort to surpass it. But once you surpass it, it becomes demotivating, so you tend to take your foot off the gas pedal. So we propose a solution to this problem. We propose the idea of a personal best goal as something that can be an appropriately capillarated goal. If a person, sorry, if a personal best goal is too easy, you're going to surpass it quickly. It will be reset. If it's too difficult, well, it's never really too difficult in the sense that you've achieved it before. So it's definitely within the realm of possibility. 
And so what we do is we show that this operates as a goal in the manner that I've just described. It's motivating when you're just short of it and demotivating when you just pass it. And we do this in the context of online chess. So for me, that little quote I think is good because um, let's apply it to one of the examples that kind of just happened to me recently. I was training for three half marathons this year and in where I live in California, that's called the triple crown when you do all of them in the same year. And there's certain ones that you have to do for that um, criteria. And this is my second time doing it. And I wanted to try to beat the times that I had done in high school when I did it for the first time. And I was getting to the very last half marathon that I had to do, which was this month. I mean, last month of August, right? It's September already. Um, and unfortunately there were some storms coming in from Mexico and they had to cancel the race because of the storms. And I was pretty disappointed about that because I had been training really hard for it, even with an injury. And, um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it virtually, which means you do it on your own time and you pick your own course and you submit the results to them. And I did that. And it was more challenging because I wasn't running with everybody else. When you do a half marathon, you usually run with every, all the people who registered for the event and you feed off of everybody's enjoyment adrenaline and energy. And there's people alongside the sidelines cheering you on, even if they don't know who you are, they cheer you on. And there's volunteers handing out water and food. Um, so it's more motivating that way than when you do it on your own. Um, even though I had motivation from my family, uh, that helped. It wasn't quite the same. So, um, for me, I wanted to share that because yes, I did succeed in completing my goal, but it didn't feel quite the same because I didn't have anybody yelling, Jennifer Purcell crossed the finish line or something like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was a little demotivating as well, but I decided to still do it. Um, and I'm still in recovery mode because that was last weekend. <clears throat> so the second article is titled eight simple ways to quit gracefully while you're ahead by Christine Fieldhouse. Number one, get the facts. Don't expect people to mind. Sorry. <clears throat> I'll read that over. One, get the facts. Don't accept, expect people to be mind readers, says Becky. If your boss is piling on work and you're feeling overwhelmed, it may be because they're having a difficult time with time management. Um, HR or at home, and they see you as a capable pair of hands. Two, act the part. When you leave, how you act rather than 
what you say speaks volumes about your character, says Adam. Three, reframing quitting. Don't associate quitting for the right reasons with shame or guilt, says Becky. Four, learn from past mistakes. Remind yourself of times in the past when you resisted letting go and it became painful, advises Becky. You waited until you couldn't stand another moment on that school reunion or you cried every weekend at that at the thought of going back to work. Listen to your gut instinct and recognize the signs. You might start to overeat. You might stop exercising. There are your signs and things aren't right. Number five, do it in person. Never ever quit in a text, WhatsApp or email, says Adam. Do it in person and make sure the other person, whether it's your boss or your partner, hears it from you first and not on social media or in the gossip at the vending machine. Number six, quit intelligently. Don't wait until you're in so much pain that you get angry and stomp your way out of a relationship or a job, says Becky. Number seven, support your successor. If you're leaving a job, ensure a smooth handover recommends Adam. Make sure the other person has everything they need to succeed. And last but not least, leave on a high. Make sure your last month in a job is a great month, says Adam. Work hard and be positive, a positive energy force. You may need a reference at some stage in the future. So I think those are good, simple steps because it helps you figure out how to um, quit without putting shame and guilt into it. And it also helps you um, do it in a way that whether it's with a job or a partner or relationship that you need to end, um, then it helps you figure out how to do it in a graceful way and be able to uh, let the other person down gently and be able to um, move on and move forward with your life. Um, the third article is It's Not Your Fault, Combating Guilt for the Neurodivergent Individual. Quote, shame is one of the hardest beliefs we buy into about ourselves, but neurodivergency isn't a bad thing. It's just different. By Austin Harvey. Quote, this is the trap I'd fallen into over and over again. I'd let someone whose brain functioned, for lack of a better word, normally define <clears throat> what success and failure meant for me. And when I started to believe in those definitions, I also started to believe that I fell on the end of failure. It's the same way I felt when talking to my mom on the phone I made an impulsive decision to quit a job, but now I'm struggling again because I can't do basic things like stay on task or manage my money. But here's a silver lining. Some studies actually suggest ADHD might have benefits that neurotypical brains don't have. Among ADHD traits, the study cites high levels of energy and drive, creativity, hyperfocus, agreeableness, 
empathy and willingness to assist others as positives. I know I have, I know how awful it feels to bear the burden of guilt for something outside of your control. Frankly, it's easy to blame yourself for everything wrong in your life. And while ADHD isn't an excuse, I've most certainly done crappy, selfish, thought, thoughtless things we all have. It is an explanation we can afford for why we're struggling. Close quote. So I think Austin did a good job there with um, pointing out some um, traits that are good with ADHD and pointing out some that are weaknesses uh, or differences. And um, that is also true with NLD that um, sometimes we tend to hyper-focus on um, things and we do have um, creativity and a drive to do what we can um, and to help others no matter what cost that might have on us. And um, also, um, I think sometimes we offer help when we, without realizing that it may not be needed in the situation um, and that the other person really wants to try doing more on their own. And um, for me, I hope that this episode gave you a look into of what these two expressions mean. Again, that was quit while you're ahead and two steps forward and one step back. And um, just maybe the next time you feel like those expressions fall into your life, take notice of how you're feeling and journal it down and um yeah, just take note of it and see why you are having those feelings and what be might be becoming um, from those feelings um, and how you can um, make that experience more easy to handle or um, at least easier to go through. And... Today, I am very excited to announce that BetterHelp is now sponsoring this podcast. I have had seven years of therapy, so I know it can help change your life if you not only let it, but work on the personal goals that you set with your therapist. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp 
is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are the greatest asset. And special offering to listeners of Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash I'll put in the link in the podcast description for you. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-E-P. Thanks again to BetterHelp for supporting, I mean, sponsoring this podcast. I also want to mention to you that I just launched my podcast swag on Wednesday of this week and have a page for it on my website and I will also send you the link to it in the podcast description and I will also send it to you in the newsletter that I usually send on out on Fridays. I am now selling t-shirts, water bottles, and a backpack and they all have the podcast logo and title on it and the tagline. So I'm looking forward to watching the sales and seeing who buys them and um, spreading the word more about my podcast. So I hope that episode was helpful to you and that you were able to get something out of it and it was meaningful for you and that you can share that lesson with somebody else that you know who is neurodivergent or neurotypical and will be able to help you with that challenge that um, you feel like arises for you or the lesson that you learned from the episode. And I hope that you take some time to journal about what thoughts or feelings came up for you while you were listening. And I hope that you can um, spread the word about NLD and being neurodivergent and try to spread the awareness with others as well. Thank you for listening to Living with a Miserable Learning Challenge. Talk to you next Friday.